0: 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's the Ross Tucker football podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah it is but it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a monster Monday presented by DraftKings America's number one sportsbook app. You know it. Get the code Ross. Get that deposit bonus. More on that a little bit later. It's a new week. Gosh, we're just about here into September. New week, by the way, means we will have new winners. A new spread the word winner via social media at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod. You guys know the deal there. And a new sponsor confirmation email winner. And look, if you take advantage of any of our sponsors, you are entered to win one of the free Madden copies we have It's actually Madden codes. But if you get the draftbook sports book app on your phone, take a screenshot using the code Ross before you deposit, you get a real good chance. I mean that those are the people that we're looking for over the next couple of weeks. So whether your state's street legal or not yet, and you know there's some new states out there, Colorado, Illinois, west virginia go ahead and download that bad boy and put the code ross in busy week first week of the year that we are five days we are daily first time since the super bowl you'll be able to catch us every single day and i'm very fired up about just the season's about to be here and today's guest because the first time I ever called an NFL football game was with this guy, was with today's guest who's all over the place still calling NFL football games and now has an awesome podcast to boot. He is the great Chris Myers from Fox. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Chris, uh, great to have you, man. Great to see you. And it is funny. I don't know. If you know this, but, uh, you know, when we did that game back in, it was probably like 2009 maybe. I retired in 2008, 2009, maybe 2010. It was at Seattle, and that was the Carolina at Seattle. That was the first NFL game I ever called, uh, you know, for Fox. And it was it was really, really cool, man. I mean, just to be with you, Seattle's so loud. It was a really great experience, and you you were an awesome guy to go through that experience with.
1: Well, no, and I, I enjoyed you were just as when you played and, and you're broadcasting now, very prepared and, and in the moment. And I, you know, I, I, it's probably more interesting coming from your side as a player going right up to the booth. You, you don't get a lot of reps. You know, you don't get a lot of practice. There's no real preseason in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, but obviously you're doing well. And it's, and it's good to be on with you talking, uh, talking NFL, which we're still doing all these years later.
2: You know, Chris, I didn't realize until I was doing some prep on you, I didn't know, like, you got your start in high school. Like, you've always known this is what you wanted to do, and you started early.
1: It was one of those in Miami, uh, South Florida, growing up as a kid, supposed to be doing the homework. I would call in on a talk show, uh, and this was before they had caller ID, Ross, so I could be Chris from Miami But I wanted to talk more sports, so I'd hang up, disguise my voice, and I was Duke from North Miami, and I'd get on the air and agree with my earlier call. And I had this going for a couple of years, and then they invited me down to the WKAT in Miami Beach, invited me down to their studio. They had fan caller night. Uh, and they, I, had, I had to tell them I was the same guy. And they said, well, you, know, you want to work part-time here on weekends, so behind the scenes. And that's kind of how I, I broke through, and then you know, more radio and then television and and on from there, ESPN and, and Fox. But it was a funny beginning. But as a teenager, uh, one of the early, you know, going out with a tape recorder doing interviews, my first two interviews, it was Muhammad Ali at uh, at the Fountain Blue Hotel. He was preparing for a fight. And then Don Shula, uh, who at the time, of course, Dolphin's coach. We knew he was big, but we didn't know he was going to be the kind of coach he he wound up being Uh, so yeah it was a kind of a fascinating start and uh, it's been a fun ride ever since I mean I still enjoy just even the Super Bowl this last year hustling on the field to catch up with Mahomes and Andy Reid after after a great moment so that never gets old
2: man that is awesome so and and so first of all people always ask me like hey I want to get a career in the media or I want to be a broadcaster and I'm always like well to be honest with you It's really, really hard. Like, I'm lucky that I've played long enough that, like, I even got a shot in the first place. And I always try to tell them, like, the guys like you, like, they've been doing it since high school. And then a lot of times (laughs) they go to, like, Syracuse or whatever. And, like, if you didn't play for a while, it is really difficult.
1: Yeah, but you applied the same thing as a lot of ex-players. Uh, the hard, you know, once you transition to the career, you put in the hard work. Uh, you know the game, obviously, you played the game, but then you work at the broadcast aspects. Uh, so I give you guys a lot of credit, the ex-athletes, and you could tell the ones that really put in in the time. Uh, as far as yeah, and I've spoken for different schools. Uh, different levels of college, even even high school, about the business, Ross. And what's good? The good news is it's difficult to get in, but it's it's changed and it's evolved. And we're in a difficult time now. But between social media and websites and team websites and and channels, twenty four hour channels for different sports leagues and regional channels and and radio, of course, and podcasts. There's a lot of different avenues for somebody who really wants to do this. And then, and then you work from there, you put in the hard work, you get along with people, you do the best you can. But, uh, and, and I think it's a competitive business because it's a, it's a fun business. And, and, uh, you know, you hope that uh, people keep still trying to get in because it, it makes us all better.
2: So a couple of things that I didn't realize either, Chris, until I was, um, you know, looking you up. I remember now, you during the earthquake at the World Series in 89. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, like I, didn't, I didn't remember it until I read it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was
1: Chris. It was, yeah, it was my first year at ESPN, and a lot happened that year. I was the West Coast reporter and covering the Giants' A's at what was the old Candlestick Park with Chris Berman and Bob Lee in the auxiliary uh, press box because they didn't have a fancy new one, so we're out essentially in the stands. And, and the minute this hit, I'd been through... A few minor ones, but but Tom, uh, Bob and, and Chris had not, and it sounded like a plane had kind of hit, hit the stadium was right before, uh, but but you knew something was different, and thank goodness the stadium was built in bedrock, because there wasn't as much serious injury. We had no idea serious injury was going on around town, the 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 the, the kind of power in this earthquake, but the field this stood out to me. I remember watching the field and you could see different players, Mark McGuire and Terry Steinbeck of the A's, the Giants scattering uh, and their families were near because it was in the pregame, but it looked like the field and it was a visual, obviously, because things are shaking, but it really looked like the field had a, had a wave to it, like it was rolling. I mean, it really looked that way uh, and it was jarring. And then after that, we all just reacted and, and Al Michaels and ABC calling the game uh, did a great job, but they used the satellite trucks of ESPN at the time to stay on the air because power uh, was knocked out through through much of the community. But yeah, it was one of those moments, Ross, you're there to cover sports, and then of course the days after I had to stay there and talk to the commissioner, Faye Vincent, and were they going to continue the World Series and how they go about it, all of these decisions that seem easy now but at the moment were, were difficult. Uh, but you go into a, a sporting event uh, to cover it that way, and then of course something bigger, more important happens and everybody has to react. I've had a few of those when, when I've uh, covered events through the course of time, but that was one of the first major earlier ones that, yeah, that sticks with me every time I watch a World Series or, or the anniversary of that date comes up.
2: And then the other thing is, and again, this is another one that I kind of remembered but forgot. So many of, like, I guess they're called catchphrases that I didn't remember that they were you, Chris, from, from uh, your sports center days. That deserves a wow. I, I kid because I care three ball, um, a hoop and some harm. <laughs> yeah. Like So I was born in 79, right? right? So when you're at ESPN from 88 to 98, that's from when I am, you know, nine years old to 19 years old, right? So those were my sports center ESPN heyday. So I knew you very well, but then it's just, it's just like I forgot that you were the one that came up with those terms. Like that was like my childhood. (laughs)
1: Like I love that. Yeah, you're. It's funny you're making me see. Well, well, what you're saying is I'm really old, and, and you'll meet. I'll meet guys in the business, uh, and that said, "Yeah, I watched you growing up, or I watched you in college." And it's funny. The catchphrase is when we were doing, and that was the era when really SportsCenter was it, because there was no other place really to get 24-hour sports and and watch the show. I I worked with people in the early years like Linda Cohn and uh, Mike Tarico, who's moved on, and uh, certainly uh, Dan Patrick, Charlie Steiner at, at different times. And we, you know, we'd sit around. We're all sports guys waiting to go on and we watch games and you 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 talk like you're sitting there with your friends watching and so you get you know you just you throw in phrases eh, there's a hoop and some harm instead of a basket and a foul you know or, or a great shot I was like wow you know I started saying wow, wow and they were like come on with the wow and I'm like alright well that deserves a wow so you apply those uh, when you're doing a highlight or through the course of the show, and, and with the audience watching them, the size of the audience and the focus, they would they would catch on and, and people would care. So I, you know, we all use phrases and terms in different ways, and and we try to avoid at least I do Ross cliches when doing sports or calling a game, but some of them fit. And you have to go with them. But if you can branch off of those and relate to the people watching the game and how they would react, or the highlights in this case, uh, I think that's how those kind of those kind of got going. And those are some early fun, you know, Sports Center. Years. Years and it is still good to see a lot of those uh, people that I worked with uh, doing well uh, in different ways. And, and a lot of people had different, you know, uh, different catchphrases. I know Dan Patrick had a few. Even Craig Kilborn, if you want to go back uh, to, through some of those years, but it was a lot of fun. It was just sports fans kind of hanging out, and then doing a broadcast.
2: Awesome, awesome. So you've done so many different things, um, including calling NFL games for a long time now. You do the sideline stuff as well as anyone. That's why they have you for the Super Bowl. Like, it, and I know you get asked this all the time. And first of all, it's it's a credit to you that you're able to do sports and sideline and call games, and everything else. Is there one that you like the most? Like, would you rather be on the sideline? Would you rather be in the booth? Do you like the studio stuff? Do you like doing an interview, like your new podcast?
1: <laughs> what's your What's your favorite? Well, I think, Ross, you know, I was never good enough to, to play sports outside of high school. I mean, I played them as a kid. But so I always admire and appreciate those that have played professionally. Uh, so uh, I like talking to people about sports. And so I, I think certainly the NFL is the thing. People use that phrase, which the Super Bowl of dog shows, the Super Bowl of racing. So the Super Bowl and the NFL, I mean, that's kind of what I grew up on. It's my first love and passion. So that'll always be calling an NFL game or doing anything to do with, with the NFL or pro football, certainly up there. But I, but I did do the up-close half-hour interview show, and, and we expanded that a little bit live uh, from L.A. after Roy Firestone left at ESPN in the 90s during that stretch with ESPN and SportsCenter. And that's one of the reasons I like the, you know, the CMI, the Chris Myers interview on Podcast One, is I still like what you're doing here. I still like interviewing and talking to people. That's why I enjoy doing the postseason for Fox uh, with the NFL playoffs, even though those are quick and on the sideline, different kinds of interviews than this format. But interviewing people in sports is is usually very fun. I mean, there's sometimes serious issues we talked about, but I love the stories of overcoming adversity, reacting in tough spots, hitting high points and, and low points and things that, you know, you didn't know about what makes uh, people tick. And so that's really uh, something I'll always want to do, along with whatever else and I still cover baseball and things like that for Fox, uh, whatever else I'm, I'm required to do. Uh, but certainly you know the NFL. America runs on on football. It hasn't always been that way, but in this generation, it, it certainly uh, it, it's close to me, and it, it would stand out to be number one. And then interviewing uh, people in sports or interviewing interesting people in general, I think, is is a real passion of mine. But I I've always enjoyed all the things along the way, from reporting to you know hosting highlight shows to uh, you know radio podcast. I mean, it's really all part of of what makes sports fun.
2: How do you think? Um... Calling games will be different this year. I know you're going to be calling games for Fox again. How do you think it'll be different? I mean, I know they're experimenting with artificial crowd noise. I guess I'm just curious about your thoughts on that and just calling games with, in a lot of cases, nobody in the crowd
1: yeah that's i i think very few uh, teams at least starting out are going to have even a low percentage 15 to 20 percent at, at their stadium and yeah i i think we're still defining meaning we at fox the bosses how they want to do things and the, and in the guidelines of the nfl but it, it's safety first and, and i i really want to applaud you know all the sports that are making the attempt but the nfl especially here for what they've done in the off season and then going forward uh, with the safety guidelines but keeping the the sport going and and whatever way they can and and having a backup plans uh for their teams from our standpoint of covering the game you know usually remember when you did the game with me you'd get to go to practice on friday for the home team and you'd watch and then you'd meet personally with some players without cameras to gather information and some coaches. So in the early going, I think that's going to change. If you are at practice, you have to maybe stay distance. And then I think most meetings, at least the early plan is to have them on Zoom uh, with even if you're in one room and they're on the other for uh, obviously you don't want anybody infected where they're being extra careful about that. And then the same for the visiting team on on Saturday, whether it's when they get to to that particular city or not. And, And the other interesting thing is as a sideline reporter, is the you know no on-field uh, reporting even pregame for sideline reporters. They're going to have to stay in an area kind of in and around the stadium. And they can be behind the bench, uh, but but they don't. They're, they're just limiting the number of people on the field. And a lot of times, even as us in the booth, play-by-play and analysts, we'd get down on the field pregame and talk to some coaches, you know, without cameras or micro. A few players, a last-minute information, and, and that's going to change at least in 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 the early going. But I think that the, the biggest adjustment Ross will be, and we 've seen this we 're learning from baseball, and I think the NFL is trying to adjust and adapt the, the noise at the stadium, places like Seattle and New Orleans will not have their fans Minnesota, another place that 's so loud so I, I think there 's going to be two waves of sound there 's going to be some ambient stadium sound, and then there 'll be from an NFL official uh, controlling kind of the sound that that will be equal for the rest of uh, of te- of the television broadcast. Now how they handle that in terms of a home team scoring or an interception or turnover uh, that'll be a challenge because as a broadcaster you're going to have to react to that in the moment along with the analysts and usually we ride that crowd if they're really loud you got to lay out and let it happen so there's a lot of moving parts but uh, you know our business is always changing and and uh, we're all going to have to adapt and just do the best we can and
2: chris what about um you know all of the social justice initiatives i mean i'm sure that you probably still haven't talked you know gotten a game plan from your bosses for fox there either but that's going to be a big part of the coverage at least early in the season
1: yeah and i think it's going to be something that we will probably try along with the league to be in concert and understanding uh, what the players are trying to represent i know i know one mission that we all have is that the players that have Uh, done things positively in their community uh, or for social justice. We want to bring those stories out the best way that we can as a, as a network, whether it be in pregame shows or when there is time through the course of the game without interrupting the the flow of the game. But there's still a lot to be decided upon that.
2: Last questions about the new podcast, man. Um, I remember you kind of what you said earlier, um, you know, the interview show you had ESPN. That's the other thing I thought of with you. So, That's great. Tell me about the podcast and who you're going to have on.
1: Yeah, well, we debuted with Urban Meyer because the college football to play or not to play issue was a hot topic. Uh, Of course, the Big Ten and Pac-12 not playing, which is hard to understand when at least the SEC and some other uh, conferences are giving it a go. Now, I know college, as you know, different than a a professional league, but I I, I think there are ways – as we, as a country, try to move forward within health guidelines to try and do things, so he he talked a little bit about that. And Urban, it was interesting too that the timing, Ross, because Urban, uh, you know, had Alex Smith. He coached him back at Utah many years ago, and so the, the the health and the comeback story of Alex Smith in Washington, and then of course he coached Haskins at, at Ohio State or was around uh, Haskins, and so those two now are are competing in, in Washington for the quarterback position uh, and a guy who coached Tim Tebow. So anyway, he talked about a number of things, uh, both in the college game, the NFL recruiting, uh, et cetera. But what I like is this format where you have time uh, to tell stories, uh, to expound upon things. Uh, Warren Moon, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, in fact, I, I didn't realize digging back the first undrafted and black quarterback to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame back in 2006. But a lot to say about what's going on today and the quarterbacks have today and then well Jimmy Johnson on the uh, just been tried in the Hall of Fame although because of circumstances didn't get to give his speech but the Fox uh, broadcaster uh, he'll talk a lot about this year's Dallas Cowboys team and, and how coaches have to adjust to what's going on so those are some of the conversations I'll have Frank Caliendo on I'm a big impressionist fan have, have him do all the sports people that he does which is very funny so those are some of the things that I'll interject and I know you're going to be on with me later in the year and I appreciate you adjusting your schedule because I wanted to have you on it usually drops or airs first time Wednesday, and I want to stay you know, topical when we can. Obviously, once the football season gets going, then we'll have a lot to discuss about who's doing what and how teams are, are reacting. But the uncertainty of the year should be fun. So those are some of the things in the, in the podcast that, that will go in a number of different directions. But I like it because it's like the up-close half-hour free-flowing format to really get to know people and, and get their thoughts on things uh, and be as timely as you can when you can.
2: Can't wait to check it out, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate
1: it. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the season.
2: Absolutely. You too, man. I'm sure. Hopefully I'll see you down the road. All right. There he is, Chris Myers, at Chris Myers Fox on Instagram. Really interesting to see how these networks are going to cover these NFL games without fans, with maybe artificial crowd noise, with the different social justice initiatives going to be fascinating to see it all unfold on our televisions you know what's not fascinating and it's not cool not feeling secure in your own home don't let it happen you know what i have found is a lot of people don't even realize what they're missing until they get simply safe it's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security, so it's got the arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door tailored specifically for your home. It's got the professional monitoring, but there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print, and it all starts at fifteen bucks a month. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com/tucker. You get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. There is nothing to lose. That's com slash Tucker.
1: takes. Tuck All right,
3: Ross, much to discuss today. Let's start with a big trade that sends edge Rusher, Yannick Ngakwe from the Jags to the Vikings for a second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick.
2: You know, it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. Like, you know, I mean... Second-round pick and a fifth-round pick seems reasonable for Ngakwe. However, he's only going to be there for one year unless they get him signed to a long-term deal, which they can't now. So it's really just a one-year thing for the Vikings. But what's unbelievable to me about it, Brian, I've never seen anything like this, I don't think, is that he is taking, by the last report I saw, $4.5 million less. He was supposed to get $17.78 million. He's taken about $5 million less to go ahead and play for the Vikings. He agreed to pay, play for, like, less than $13 million. I think it's crazy. I would never do that, ever, if I'm being honest. But, hey, it's his life. Duck takes.
3: Speaking of pay cuts, Ross, Eagles' Jason Peters reportedly will not move back out to left tackle
2: from his right guard
3: position unless the team gives him a raise
2: this is a a very unique situation i'm not sure i mean these are back-to-back things that i can't remember seeing one is a franchise tag guy saying i'll take five million less to go play for this other team in this other city wow that's number one and then number two you've got a guy like jason peters saying, I'm not switching positions unless I get more money. Now, look, I think you guys know me over the years. I'm all for every player getting as much money as they can. Go for it. It's a tough business. It's a really hard career. Maximize the financial security you can get for your families. I don't really understand the unique Ngakwe one. And for Jason Peters, I don't really understand this either. I, I just, you know, it's almost like to me, he's been a left tackle the whole time. So if you're going to put me in the right guard, I want to get paid more. But if I can stay at left tackle, which is my natural position, then I'd rather, you know, then I'll pay, get paid less. The other thing that doesn't quite sit right with me is it's an injury. Like, it's one thing if they, if they voluntarily moved him out there or said, ah, Dillard's not playing well, we're moving you out there. But there's an injury. So really interesting situation. Looking forward to seeing how it unfolds
1: takes
3: Some Dolphins news to dive into as the team traded linebacker Raquan McMillan to the Raiders for flipped fourth and fifth round picks. And uh sad news from quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. His mother passed away, so he's gonna miss some time.
2: Right. So McMillan getting flipped for fourth and fifth round picks. Not a tremendous amount of value. I mean it's just kinda of like it's almost like a conditional seventh round pick, except maybe they feel like there's a little more value there. I don't know. And As for Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is a friend of mine. Um, And even if he wasn't a friend of mine, I cannot imagine what it would be like uh, to lose my mom. I will have a very, 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 very difficult time with that. Whenever that happens, my mom is the greatest person in the history of the world. and I think a lot of people feel that way about their moms. And so I can understand why Fitzpatrick reportedly left the field distraught and uh, needed some time, some time away.
1: Tuck takes
3: finally. Bears head coach Matt Nagy said he's not going to announce a starting quarterback before the opener. And LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase, or should we now call him former LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase, says he's going to opt out this season to prepare for the NFL draft next
2: season. Well, two things here. First of all, Nagy is doing the. Jedi mind trick, and you might as well. I mean, on some level, that makes it pretty clear, right? That neither guy has stood out or been that outstanding. Because if they had, it would be pretty obvious. And so people would know that. So that's the one part I would mention. Uh, but you know what? Why not? It, it, you know, you get some value out of not having to have the Detroit Lions know which guy's starting. They're different players. I'm okay with it. For Jamar Chase, look, he's projected top five, top ten pick. He's the number one receiver. You can really only go, you really can't go anywhere but down. I mean, you really can't. So, the risk-reward ratio, it's just not there to play for guys like this. And that's even without coronavirus. That's my big takeaway, Bri, will be what's it going to be like after coronavirus I think you'll have other guys just sitting out even when we're past sort of the coronavirus era if you will one other notes just the Derwin James injury and the Jalen Rager injury looks like Jalen Rager the Eagles receivers out for at least four weeks with a shoulder injury man the Eagles every year their injury luck is just absolutely brutal and then Derwin James He's got this meniscus issue. He unfortunately looks like he might be one of those guys that just cannot stay healthy. And, I mean, he's a guy that some people look at as being a defensive player of the year candidate. And, I mean, it's just its a shame. It affects how you feel about the Chargers. It affects how you feel about betting on the defensive player of the year candidates. Whatever you, wherever you're going to bet, though, you do it at DraftKings. And guess what? Football is right around the corner. DraftKings is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. Listen up, because you do not want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. Are you kidding me? No brainer. On top of that amazing offer, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. So everyone can do that. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code ROSS to get in on all the action for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Speaking of with it, Brian, let's get with it from an email perspective.
1: Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross.
2: Email address, ross at rosstucker.com. If you ever take advantage of any sponsors, such as DraftKings, especially with the sportsbook app and the code Ross for the chance to get a free Madden, You can ask me any question you want. What do you got, Brian?
3: Hey, good afternoon, Ross. I've used the Amazon banner ad to make a purchase with my confirmation receipt attached to this email. Here's my question. Who would be some of the founding members of the Ross Tucker Journeyman Hall of Fame like Eric Blunt, Ryan Fitzpatrick, etc. Guys who have had some success with various teams but just can't stick around with any one team for an extended amount of time. I think I'd asked this question a while back. I don't remember if it ever got on the air, so I'm asking it again. This is from Josh Taylor.
2: Ooh. That's a good question and off the top of my head Josh McCown is one that comes up to mind. Certainly Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great one. Um, I don't know, do you count T.O. with all the teams he's played for over the years? He's kind of a journeyman when you think about it. Although he had longer stints in some other places. I'm trying to think who else would fit in that category. It's a good question, Josh. You'd have to give me some more names. Cause off the top of my head, I can't think of that many Journeyman who you know had a lot of positive moments. It's a good question. Really good question. I like that one. I also like Pizza Boy Brewing and I like Dynasty Freaks.com. Shout outs to both of them. I also like the College Draft Podcast. We are talking SEC with Emory Hunt on today's College Draft Podcast and tomorrow. Got a little special Tuesday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You're going to want to listen to that. I'm just telling you, it is prediction time. I think we're done here.
1: Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.